myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Braith. And uh, it is Tuesday night and it is Ross Gregory here who is uh, going to need to move onto his hotspot. Um, unfortunately, his internet was perfect before we came on. And now his uh, internet is uh, not very good at all. He looks like, well, I'm sure there'll be a few lookalikes coming of Ross. So I'll let him switch over to his uh, internet uh, while I uh, just uh, welcome you to the show. And we talk about what's on for the rest of the week. Um, Wednesday night, we'll see Jordy's here. Jordy's there at six o'clock. Thursday night, we'll see uh, Wednesday night, then at uh, seven o'clock, we'll see Liam Kennedy. So we've got two shows on Wednesday night for you. Uh, Thursday, uh, you will be pleased to hear Super Mac and Gibbo will be back. So Thursday, this coming Thursday, Super Mac and Gibbo will be uh, back on the channel. Um, much to a lot of people's delight, uh, where we, uh, we couldn't get the show on last week for obvious reasons. Friday night, we'll see the Amigos. Uh, that will be five o'clock, of course, until seven. Uh, and then the weekend shows uh, are yet to be confirmed. But uh, Ross uh, still trying to sort his internet out. He's uh, he is at home, so uh, hopefully he will get it uh, sorted out. Seems to be a little bit of a, an issue there. So while he's sorting it out, uh, so we don't have any more delays later on in the show, I will play the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. Their website is mrvickies.co.uk. If you want to contact the guys, email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Big thanks to New Workwear. Uh, they are an agile and dedicated workwear provider launched in 2018. For more information, go to the website newworkwear.com. Big thanks, as always, to Media Arts for the help with the video side of things. If you want to support the channel, hit the subscribe button, become a subscriber today. Hit the thumb up under the video, which likes the video, and click share to share to your other social media. Click join if you want to become a member of the channel for as little as $1.99, or take a one-off payment uh, for the cult membership. You can get in via this QR code if you've got a smartphone, or look for membership pack on the website, nufcmatters.com. What do you get for your one-off £25 payment? You get a scarf, a pen, and a cup, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, if you want a car sticker, all you need to do is subscribe to the show, and then email John at NUFC Matters, and he will post you a free car sticker out. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And we also support the Food Bank on this channel. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is the virtual matchday bucket where you can make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. The new Alan Shearer raffle is underway. 150 tickets at a pound a ticket. You could win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball from the 260 dinner. Enter now at nufcmatters.com. We've got a few events coming up. August the 5th sees Gavin Peacock at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £10. And you can get them now from nufcmatters.com. Our Christmas event takes place on the 7th of December at the Tyneside Irish Centre. 
And that's an evening with Frank Clark. Tickets are £15 and available from nufcmatters.com. Finally, Waddle, Keegan, Beardsley and Friends. The Class of 84 is on at the Town Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road in Newcastle on Thursday, January the 23rd. Tickets are now available from the Town Theatre and Opera House dot uk or telephone 0844-2491-000. That's the box office telephone number 0844-2491-000. Ross is back and looking uh, less like an oil painting, which is uh, fantastic. That was what you were compared to. There'll be a lookalike on Friday's show now, Ross, I'm sure, uh, of uh, an oil painting and view. Um, Tom Dixon as always, uh, in early with a question. He says, question by Ross. Uh, with us already getting Tonali in, do you think Newcastle could go for Kefren Thurum with Liverpool already ruling him out? Do you think do you think Newcastle are going to go big again, Ross? I, I've got to be honest. I think I think it'll be I think there'll be another big buy. I don't think we're going to be going for an attacking option, especially with what we've got. I, I'm more inclined to think defensively. I think left back or left back's probably more of a priority. Centre half to a lesser extent. Um, but what, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, Thurum's a name. We, we went through a load of names on the fans forum last night. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Is Newcastle likely to go for that player? Um, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Steve. I think I think now that Tonali's in, I think um, first and foremost is they, they wanted to strengthen that midfield area. Um, mm-hmm. Bringing in someone like Sandro Tonali, he's he's a he's a versatile player, very similar in some ways, I think, to to Bruno, and that he can play in a couple of different positions in that midfield. He doesn't have to necessarily just be sat as a six. He can be he can be a, an eight or you know a bit more box to box as well. But what he will do is he'll free up uh, someone like Bruno who can who can play in different positions in that in that midfield three. Um, I don't think it's any. There's no. Um, it's no secret that Newcastle were looking for an attacking midfielder. You know, the James Madison um, chase was was well documented. As was um, Dominic Slobberslai as well. Two players that they, that they they really did like. You know, you could look at Barreca as well. And, and there's, they're looking at their midfield options. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount that they will look at a, at a, at a another attacking midfielder just to. Um, just to add some, again some some further quality in there, someone who can unlock that defence um, and and pick a pass when it's when it's a, you know when when teams are sitting deep and and putting men behind the ball in a, in a kind of that low block that we saw a few teams do towards the end of last season. But you're right, Steve. I think um, I think left back is a priority for for the club. Um, whether <clears throat> whether the left back should be a, a priority or not is is is. I can, I suppose, open to debate um, a little bit. You know, there's, there's certainly several left backs there who can who can do a job. Dan Byrne uh, was excellent in there for the majority of the season, even though it's a slightly uh, uncomfortable position for him. You know, he is more comfortable as a centre half, I suppose, but he has played left back a lot. At that, you've got Matt Target in there as well, who who is a very solid and dependable left back. Um, Paul Dummett and, and Jamal Lewis, who were obviously Less in the frame, but there's certainly bodies there who can who can do that. But I think we've talked about it on this show before: is, is where can Newcastle improve? Where can they? Where's them areas that they can get an extra two, three, four percent out of uh, to improve their team and and, and and push on to the I suppose onto the next level, or, or at least very 
as much stay at the level that they're, that they're at. And left back is a, is an obvious area. I do think centre half is a, is another area where they will want to strengthen. Um, and I can see them certainly bringing in two more, three more players. Good money as well. Really, really good money. Uh, uh, you know, whether it's 55, 60 millions like what they've spent on um, on Tenari and Alexander Isak and, and and whatever. But I do think there'll be a good another couple of thirty to forty million pound pound signings at least before the uh, before the window closes. There's a lot of there's a lot of hoo ha on 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 social media, Twitter in particular, about um, you know Newcastle not parading Tenali onto the pitch and, and all of that. I mean, you know the kids the kids being away. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> you think people would be delighted with with him just signing the contract and being you know being announced as a player, but it, it was a bit of a knee jerk again just from that 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 minority on Twitter. I, I mean, I was discussing this with a few pals today and we were saying, you know, we're all from the era, you included, of just going out onto the, you know, going up to the corner shop or going into the, the town and getting a chronicle. You know, we, we used to get our news from Alan Oliver and John Gibson on a regular basis and the other reporters who were, you know, the, the other lads who were reporting on Newcastle United over the years or or would stick Metro Radio on on a night time and listen to, you know, Charles Harrison and, and, and the lads giving us their updates on the, the six o'clock news when we all got in from work. So nowadays, you know, it's at the end of your fingertip um, and, and Twitter is an easy platform to go and share your opinion, and um, we do get a lot of knee-jerk reactions. And I think what we 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 more or less said today, it's it's a minority. You know, a lot of it's not a it's not a great cross-section of of the fans' views. You know, so ultimately, um, you know, from from my perspective, I I shrugged it off. But you could see people getting involved and people arguing, and you know, people falling out over it. We've just signed a world-class player, you know, as one of our you know, our second signing of the summer, if you like, we should all be happy and, and we should be happy where we are after having years and years and years of gloom under the Mike Ashley administration. We should be delighted, but it just seems that some people are still just twisting on 21, Ross. It's human nature, Steve, isn't it? I think a lot of people just like to to pick fault, you know, like to cause, cause a bit of a stir, like to... Social media and Twitter in particular is, in some ways, it's just it's your new, it's your new bar, it's a new pub, it's it's you know your, your your pub chat that you have. You used to you used to go in there and use that's where you used to have a little bit of a bit of crack with your mates about um, about the game, about about Newcastle, about football in general, about life in general, politics, whatever it is. You know that you, that, that was just kind of. The place that you you gather socially now it's so easy just to go on the on the social media and on the Twitter and and you know and we've all seen a barroom you know kind of bores if you like who just want to who just want to pick fault who just want to argue for the sake of sake of arguing and and that's that's what Twitter's what Twitter's like it's 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 a great place to be at times and it's also a, a, a cesspit at times there's, there's there's no two ways about it and and that, and that don't say that to me critically because you know I'm on there very very often. I'm on I'm on you know looking through it regularly. But sometimes some of the the conversations and some of the the debates in there just leave you leave you shaking your head a little bit. You know it's a, it but it, it's a different world, Steve. You, you're right. You know, funny. I was I was out last night with um with a lot of um, editors and, and journalists and um we were talking about kind of changes in the industry and how it's changed o- over the years and. Um, a good friend of mine was was working is working at, at Tang Tees and he was talking about you know the, the six o'clock news and and you know that's not like 
this obviously the slab of the time today's news at, at six, but it's you know for a different generation growing up that they don't know when the news is on. They, they, they used to they can get their news anytime they like, as you say, you know, on the on their on the internet on, on the touch of a touch of a button, a touch of a finger. They don't have to wait. There's not that appointment to view sort of element with it. The same with the Chronicle. You don't have to wait for the for the first edition or the last edition or or for the pink to come out after after a game. Um, so it's a different world, different conversations that you have, um, but it's all just in a, in a, I suppose in a in a in a different environment. But some of the some of the cracks are exactly the same. It's just it's just done on social media now, as opposed to being done in the air, in the bar like it like it used to be. Yeah, I've just laughed at Tom Lynch. Uh, he's comment there. He says, "I found out about Shira signing on CFAX. Yes, teletext and CFAX, Ross. Remember them days." I, did, I remember. I remember. You know, I reading about um, Andy Cole. Andy Cole being sold on the uh, on on CFAX as well, and that was that was it. You know, you used to have to you have, you put in what three or one or three or two to get you onto the football pages, and then you had to scroll through it. Sometimes there was the there was a little gossip page. I think it was three one three one two, and you had to put that in, but you had to wait for it to click through. There was maybe five or six pages, and you had to wait for twenty minutes until it clicked onto the final page that you wanted to read, and then. If you didn't read in time or pause it in time, you'd click back. So it's, yeah, it's it's a world of difference. It's um, you know, I, you know, trying to explain this to 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 my lad who's who's twenty or my daughter who's fifteen who, who who are just used to instant news, instant uh, gratification in terms of um information and everything else like that. It's a uh, it's a it's a different world, but it's a better world in in a lot of ways. But um, but some people just haven't quite adapted as well as others. I don't think. No, I, I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. I think, I mean, they, there is a quest, there is a, a thirst for knowledge. That's the right word uh, that I was looking for. There's a thirst for knowledge, especially on Newcastle United, especially on football. I mean, you know, I think most of the podcasts that are across the Newcastle United, um, you know, YouTube, um, social media account are, you know, always experience greater numbers in the summer. A lot of people say, why do you do as much, you know, many shows in the summer? It's because ultimately, um, you know, it is very popular. Um, people want to know what's going on. They want to ask questions, especially when there's people like yourself on or, or Liam on or Ben Jacobs. People want to know, um, you know, they've got questions, questions coming in tonight. They want to know what's going on. So it's, it is interesting and it, it, to see that. And I think, you know, we're part of it. I think that's why, especially on any UFC matters, we're trying not to lead people up the garden path. You know, we started in that, in, in that kind of, way when we had um you know when we had takeover talk um you know we, we we as everyone knows we had you know some really good contacts and really good sources and um you know we, we were very careful what we put out but you know it's a, you know i see my responsibility as a podcaster in the same respect as you will see in your job at reach plc you know you've got to be responsible because because ultimately people you know watch you subscribe to you follow you whatever they're doing it because they've got to trust in you and yeah they've got to enjoy what you're what you're talking about as well of course but you know we all have a responsibility to report you know to you know to report you know fairly but also report sensibly you know 100 percent you know it, it's an interesting time of the year. This this year, or it comes around in in you know that kind of June to to end of August, is a is a media provider, is a is a media outlet. Um, the numbers that we see in terms of people reading our our content online or or watching uh, podcast, listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos or, or whatever, but the the, the thirst that like you see for for information is. Is extraordinary. It's 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 absolutely extraordinary. Um, 
you've got to try and service that in the right way. You've got to, you you know, you you can't you can't leave people at the garden party, right? You've got you you can't you know give people false hope or false promise. You 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 try to make it so that um, you're providing is 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 kind of all round as service as, as possible. I've seen, and sometimes we get it wrong as as media. We get it wrong sometimes. We get it right. I've seen some ridiculous headlines over the last two or three weeks, which which are. Uh, you know, which are really kind of close to the bone. I've seen some great articles. I've seen some great ways of, of selling it. Look, it's a business, and I always say this about the transfer window. I always, I don't think that, I don't think that punters take it as seriously as what sometimes us media take it. I think they like a little bit of of gossip. I think everybody likes a bit of gossip. Everybody likes a little bit of transfer rumors and and suggestions. And and I know that the the links come in thick and fast. And I've explained on this show. Uh, previously about why some of this some of the links come in and, and something that can be reported in good faith because you've sourced it with different contacts might not end up coming through because things change and it's a it's a moving feast but the thirst for for information and it's it's a it people like it, it, it we're here to, to to provide as much information as what we can in, in detail but also just to, to entertain as well there's got to be that enjoyment level to the transfer window you can't get too stressed by it. you can't get too angry about the way a player has been announced or if he hasn't appeared on the pitch or if if, if you know you've been linked with a player that 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 in this the same doesn't doesn't come through. Let's just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the enjoy the the, the, the silly season for for one of a better phrase because it's uh it's it's sharp disappears. Um but the, the the amount of people that we do see on our on our platforms at this point in in the in the year shows that that there is that interest there and people just do in, do enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, club call. Kevin Smith uh, reminds us of that. Did you ever ring that and ring up a uh, ring up club call, Ross? I think I probably did. Yeah, I think I I, I wasn't playing the bill at the time, so yeah, I probably did. Nah, yeah, me neither. It was always an 0800 whatever number, wasn't it? And it was just it was a, a you know a ridiculous amount to ring it, and it was always hello and welcome to club call, and then it would go on yeah. for about a minute and a half, and there'd be music and that. And then by the time you got to it, if uh, don't forget, um, make sure you let the bill pay. I know. So you, by that time, you're two minutes in. Um, yeah. It got to about three minutes before you got any, you know, any kind of relevant news. And usually it was something you could have picked up in the Evening Chronicle, as, as you can still do now. Um, but yeah, I, the pink as well, Stu says, I was always amazed how quick the pink was on sale after the game. Those guys had a time machine. Yeah, it was amazing, Ross, wasn't it? Back in the good old days. How, how yeah, quickly the, pink, the turnaround of the pink was amazing. The pink was an incredible product. I was I was fortunate enough to to do some work on the on the pink before it um, before it's it's sad demise, but it, just an incredible incredible product. It was literally printed within about probably within about three or four minutes of the of the of the final whistle. You know the, the work that was that was put into it and seeing it on both sides, and then the speed that it printed got out to the to the sellers out on the streets. You know it was. It was an incredible uh, feat of, of journalism. Those Saturday evening, you know, football papers were were obviously of their time, and and you know, you you could never have them now. We we tried actually. We did we did try in a couple of areas in a, in my old role of, of bringing back a couple of them um, to see if there was the appetite, and and there was a, a a small appetite, but not enough to kind of sustain it as a as a product. But um, but yeah, incredible feat of journalism. Then then football pinks. 
Yeah, Mag debates. I did that as well. He says I'd, I'd buy the Sunday papers when I came out of Madison's on a Sunday morning at about two a.m. Yeah, if there was a big news story, you would come out and the, the guys would be standing outside nightclubs selling the Sunday Sun. Um, you know, and it, you'd wake up on a morning with a half-eaten pizza in your bedroom, and the Sunday Sun would be lying next to you. Um, if Newcastle had had a decent result and the pink, if you'd managed to carry it round in your back pocket without it being crumpled up or somebody nicking it and taking it back to their house, you know what I mean? But uh, Stephen Kennedy, very kind. He said, "Let's be honest." This, this channel has something for everyone. It's not a one-trick pony and the rest. There's some good channels out there, Stephen. You know, there's some really good channels out there. And David McLeod rightly points out it was 0898. Uh, and John, you're right as well. It was good to see you today, John. It says, club call number ended in 1892. Yes, I've got a card. I, I'm quite meticulous with stuff like that. I think I've still got a club call card. I will dig it out. I will scan it and I'll uh, I'll stick it up on here. Uh, okay, a lot of people asking about this. This could be something, um, this could be breaking news. I don't know. A lot of people asking about PCP, uh, Ross, changing their name. Um, Kevin Smith is saying that, uh, you know, they're, they're changing the name to LLP. So maybe you can have a, you can have a look at that anyway. Whilst uh, whilst we're talking, um, yeah, Kevin Smith just saying, do we know what the change is? It might just be business change. Who who knows? I've, I've not heard anything of that. But just getting back to just getting back to Tenali before we move on, because I, I know we want to cover a couple of things in the Chronicle. What what do you think he's going to bring to the team, Ross? Now that we know he's going to be playing in black and white. I mean, he's you know, Champions League semi finalist, somebody who you know, somebody who um, has played 130 games, you know, in the top league in in Italy. Um, you know, captain of his of, of the under twenty ones. I mean, he's 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 superb. Uh, it's a superb acquisition, isn't it? It's a really big signing. It, it's a it's a it's a statement signing, Steve. Yeah, it's a it's a real statement signing to to bring in somebody of his um, of his caliber, of his potential. I, I, look, I don't think he's the he's the finished product, and, and I'm not saying I've watched a, a, you know reams and reams of of, of of Italian football, so I'm not. Uh, I would never, and I would never try to make myself out to be an expert. But the bits that I have seen, he looks like he's, <clears throat> he looks like he's got a lot in his lot. It looks like he can, he can, he can pass a ball. He can, he can dig in. He's, you know, he's, he's. I've, I've heard him. It, it, it's interesting because I've heard him described in some quarters as as being the next Perlo, but in, the, some, in other quarters as as being very much like uh, Gattuso. And you couldn't get two more different players. I don't think than. And Perlo and Gattuso, one who was, you know, who was a, you know, a, a silky playmaker, and the other one who was a bit of a, a kind of scratter around the, the the midfield. And I think that probably sums up um, Tonali well in that he can do both. He can, he can, he's got a little bit of silk, but he's also got the steel as well. So I do think he's um, he's going to hopefully be a, a really good addition to the to the team. As always with with young players, and he is still young. He's only twenty three. As always with young players coming in from a from a foreign country, you've got to give him that little bit of time to adapt. He's, he, he might take his time to find his feet a little bit. Um, I always, I'm always slightly reserved with with players coming from Serie A as well because you know if if you look through the through the the, the history books in terms of not just Newcastle but the rest of the Premier League, there's there's not many Italian players who've actually stamp their authority or, or being a huge success in the Premier League. There's obviously, there is some, but there's not, you know, if you look at, you know, the impact that, that French players have made on the Premier League over the years or, or, or Belgian players or, or, you know, Scandinavian players, German players, you can you can probably count on, on you know, 
the fingers are two uh, two hands. The amount of top quality Italian imports that they've been so, uh, and, and you know Newcastle have had their fair share of, of Italians come in who've 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 not succeeded really, who've not, uh, or who've done it only fleetingly and then and then moved on. So, um, I think we will have to give them a little bit of time to adapt. Um, but I do see him sitting in that in that kind of six role initially and, and freeing freeing Bruno up and freeing um and freeing a couple of others up. It's gonna make for an interesting midfield and, and I'd be interested to hear what everybody's in the comments, what, what people's ideas are. What 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 would be your your ideal midfield three out of out of out of the players that you've got? Because there's gonna be some disappointed there's gonna be some disappointed players. Sean Longstaff, the season that he's had. Just had is he going to get into into a first choice team? What do you do? What do you do with Joe Linton? Does he go in there? What do you do with Joe Willock, who, who was fantastic in that in that running as well? So it's great to have these options, um, and it'll be really interesting to see how how Eddie Howe manages his his, uh, his squad and um, what he what he when everybody is fit, what his first choice midfield is. But you know, I do think we will have to give Tenali just a little bit of breathing space to to adapt to, to the English football. Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, the uh, situation that really made me smile this week um, was that Jacob Murphy and Sean Longstaff are back in training. Um, you know, going up where it was Newcastle Blue Star and Blue Star, uh, yeah. training training up there, doing some early training before they get called in, Ross. That's dedication, mate. And that shows those two lads aren't going to give up the ghost on their midfield slots. No, and, and no, should they? And to be honest, someone like Tenali's got to come in and he's got to win that shirt off. Sean Longstaff, he's got to win that shirt off Joe Willock or, or Bruno or whoever it is. You know, you know, they are the guys who are in possession, and, and you can't, you know, you can't knock them for because of the, what they did last season. The, the performances that they put in consistently from from August all the way through to, to May, um, consistently, Sean Longstaff was outstanding. Joe Linton was arguably player of the season in many people's books. Bruno, we know about um, Joe Willock, it, you know. At, at times was was unplayable. You know, I, I I was just watching on on Twitter earlier today that 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 pass for Alexander Isaac that Joe Willock put through for um for the the goal against Spurs and you're thinking you know how can you how can you not have somebody like like that in your in your starting team? But that's what it's all about going into into Europe and playing um playing you know extra games, the extra pressures, the extra intensity. You need a big squad. Um, so Tonali coming in. Is, is a fantastic addition, but he's got to win that jersey. He's got to win that starting um, starting shirt off 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 the, the lads who are currently in possession of it. Do you think he'll do what he's doing with everybody else, Ross? In in the sense that you know Botman had to earn his place in the team, uh, Isaac had to earn his place in the team. He's gonna he's yeah. gonna. I mean, Eddie Howe is not going to put Tonali into that starting lineup unless I guess. You know that he feel he feels he can. You, you would imagine Tonali will start as a squad player like everybody else has. He'd have to earn his place. I think you're. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely bang on, Steve. You know what he the, the way that he that he was patient with um, with Bruno um, when he first came in. If you you know if you go back to, to when Bruno came in in the January, he didn't come straight in, or he, he played a couple of games and then he was he, he had to wait and bide his time. Um, Sven Botman's perfect example. Same with. Um, same with Alexander Vizak. I think it's a really fair point, Steve. You know, he's, he's he'll be you know Anthony Gordon, another one who who you know has had to wait and had to fight for his for his place. So I think that will be the case with Tonali. I think he'll have to he'll he'll have to take a little bit of time to adapt. 
get used to Eddie Howe's training methods, get used to, to how Eddie Howe wants to play because the way Eddie Howe coaches and the way Newcastle play will be completely different to what he's been used to at, at Milan. Albeit, you know, Milan's a huge, huge club, don't get me wrong, and he's played in, in a Champions League semi-final recently and and he's obviously an outstanding player, but you've still got to be able to adapt to, to um, a different a different walk of life. It's the same... It's the same when you go to a new job, you know, for, for people who work in a particular company for, for five or ten years, you go somewhere else and you go into a new job. And yeah, you might you might have the ability to do that job, but it takes you a, a little while. When I first came back over to, to where I am now, it took me a good six months before I, I felt comfortable in the role. And, and maybe it's even longer, you know, you you, you, you it took times you have thought, I don't know, I'm a little bit fish out of water here, but you 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 know you can do the job. It's just getting used to the different management styles, the different structures, the different expectations. Um, and and that, that's no different if you're a professional footballer or if you're an accountant or if you're a journalist or or, or whatever you, 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 your walk of life is. Yeah, I've just seen a, a message uh, from Darren Smith on Twitter as well. Darren uh, asking if we've stopped the, pro- the podcast. It's why you need to subscribe. Uh, some of you who maybe rely too heavily on Twitter as uh, your port of call to see what shows are on, don't forget, uh, Mr. Musk has, meant that has changed it so that you can't look at as many tweets. So you may well be missing me tweets. So if you haven't already subscribed, uh, then please do. And as we are halfway through the show, maybe it's a good time, as we've already done the ads, uh, to give you a little reminder of how you can do that. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or... You can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Okay, uh, John has uh, put this up. Name change for PCP is protection from the bankruptcy case, in my opinion. Uh, just a suggestion there, guys. Uh, but that could be the that could be the case. Uh, you know, would, would, I, I wouldn't read anything into it. It certainly won't affect Newcastle United. Uh, that is for certain. Um, reposts uh, saying that Maxi could be going to Saudi. Um, I mean, anything, anything, you know, hitting, you know, uh, your place, Ross, about potential outgoings. I mean, it's again, incomings are very, you know, very hush hush. Outgoings tend to be the same at Newcastle. We we tend to find out, you know, maybe it's a day before or on the day at times that someone's gone. We know Carl Darlo is, you know, a deal at Newcastle will will get done this summer. It's a case of, you know, where he goes to and how much Newcastle get. Maxi. To a lesser extent, I haven't heard anything about that myself today. I've got to be honest. But you know, any 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 other any other gossip coming out of your place, mate, that would be worth mentioning tonight? It's it's quiet on the on on the outgoings front. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's there's obviously two or three that you that you're absolutely um, sure are going to be leaving. You know, Ryan Fraser, um, Carl Darlow certainly will, will be leaving. Um, I've said before. I expect if there's a if there's a, a decent offer that comes in for for Maxi, then I do think that he will be 
he will be um, potentially on his on his way. I, I think there's somebody he is somebody that they will consider offers for, um, but it has to be it has to be right for 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 the club for him. Um, but I wouldn't I would I would be I wouldn't be surprised if he if he leaves before before the window closes. Um, and I know he's one of those players who kind of splits opinion a little bit amongst the fan base. But you know we'll wait and see how it, how it goes. We did a we did a survey um, or a piece on the on the on the Chronicle with a we with a keep or sell um, poll thing that we that we've been running and and the 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 response on 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 ASM was was interesting. I think uh, it was about 68, 69% of, of people who, who voted wanted who thought that he should stay wanted to keep him at Newcastle for next season. That's a good 30, 31% who who um, who wanted. Who thought it would be best to, to sell him this summer? So he's he's one of those players who, who splits opinion a little bit. But um, in terms of anything concrete, nothing nothing that I've heard, nothing that that's come across um, my desk at the minute. But I think it will be. I think we'll start to see now that one or two or three deals have been done across the Premier League. Um, the dominoes will start to fall a, a little bit. There was a there was a big rush to get some deals done before the the, the June the 30th cut off period for. Um, for obvious reasons, financial reasons, in terms of um, in terms of you know FFP and, and you know what goes on what budget, and what goes on what uh, on what reporting line. So there was a good um, there was a good rush be- before before the end of the month. S- slowed down a little bit, but again, now that one or two deals are starting to pick up, I think it'll be a, a knock on effect, and we'll see we'll see a bit more interest as we head into the back end of or later on in, in July and back end of back end of the month. Uh, Sutley asks, do you think there's any substance in this being linked to Harvey Barnes? Um, you know, obviously Newcastle heavily linked with Madison and, you know, that we know what ended up with that. I mean, Harvey Barnes, you know, a different type of player to Madison, but, you know, it, 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 is it just paper talk, Ross, do you think? I think this, I think they like him. I do think they like him. Um, absolutely think he's a, he's a, um, he's a, he's a player that Newcastle have, have watched and, and scouted. Again, whether he's, it's the need that type of player right now, I think there's more Mm. Um, there's more pressing priorities, if you like. Um, I think he's he's somebody who is you know he's had a fantastic season at, at, at Leicester. To be fair, you know he's he, he scored a lot of goals and created a lot of chances, and and he's too good for the for the um, for the championship, in my opinion. But do Newcastle need another wide player when they have you know currently ESM, um, Isaac can play out there. Joe Linton, um, so on and so forth. You know, Miggy Almiron, Jacob Murphy. There's, there's a lot of, of options out, out there. So, I do think that that they will look to bring in another f- attacking player definitely before the end of the, the window, and maybe it will be Harvey Barnes. But you know, left back and centre half are definitely the, the the areas that they want to target first. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, Anthony Gordon's done remarkably well as well for England in the 21s. He's having a great, you know, great tournament. And I mean, you know, scored two goals, got the winner the other night. Um, certainly, you know, flourishing in that position. And I mean, we, we know the standard isn't Premier League standard, but it's 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 it gives it gives Eddie Howe a bit of food for thought, doesn't it, in, in so many ways? I think this is a perfect tournament for Anthony Gordon because he didn't get much of a run towards the end of the, you know, in the second half of the season. He was in and out of Newcastle's team. This has come at the perfect time for him where... He can, um, he can get some momentum. He can get build up his fitness. He can, he can, you know, find some confidence. And 
you know, he's scored, he's scored a couple of goals. He's looked really, really sharp. He's worked hard. He's been playing in this kind of almost like a false nine type of role. You know, he's not playing out necessarily out wide. He, he, he's, he looks like a quite fluid, flexible formation. I'm sure Eddie Howe's watching it and, and thinking, you know, maybe he can accommodate Anthony Gordon in, in that, in the Newcastle team. Certainly he'll give him food for thought, but I think it's a really, a really good tournament for Anthony Gordon to, to get his teeth into and, and better than having, you know, a month or two off uh, over, the, over the summer and then coming back. He's going to come back fit, firing, Full of confidence, and uh, hopefully Newcastle will see the benefit of that. Couple, a couple of other player player questions. Any truth in the Anderson rumor from Palace? I'm not sure what that is, Spenny. To be honest, but um, maybe maybe if you can just drop it in the chat and let us know with it to save us googling it. Uh, Spenny also wants to know about Jesper Lindstrom. He says uh, rumors seem to be getting stronger. Ross and Steve. Uh, apparently, he's come out and said that he would like to leave Frankfurt. So, a couple of other names there, Ross. I mean, uh, Anderson, I presume, must be Elliot Anderson and, and talk maybe of him going. BT's also. No, I, think, I, I think that one's uh, George Anderson, the, the, or Hokim Anderson, or whatever you pronounce ah, it, the right, centre okay. half at, uh, at Palace, who um, who is, he's been playing with Newcastle in the past and he's a, he's a, he is a good player. Um, I think. I think there the, the probably is a little bit of mileage in, in this one, but whether it's um, whether it's it's something that's that's a good, I, you know, I can't remember how much they bought him for. I think they bought him for something for something not long ago for I don't know what about 15, 17 million something like that. You know, he's a he's a Danish international and, he, and he's had a good season at at Palace. Um, interestingly, Newcastle have also been linked with with the other Palace centre half, Mark Gooey, the, the 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 England international. So. Um, whether they like them both or, or, or one or the other, but you know, buying buying those type of players is is going to cost Newcastle if, if it is if it if if that's the route they want to go down. You know, yeah. I think they'll you know those two centre halves, Anderson and, and Gooey at Palace, will be looking at upwards of forty million. Um, and whether that's something that Newcastle can can or want to to go for at this point in time, we'll have to wait and see. But you know, both both had really good seasons at, at Palace, and um, and hence why they the the they being linked with uh, a move to Newcastle. Yeah, Gordon playing up front as a lone number nine for the under twenty one side would be different to starting number nine for Newcastle. Yeah, it's a fair point. Gordon's a great player. Uh, give him time; he will be invaluable. Good evening, Paul. Uh, Steve, he's a centre half. Yeah, that's uh, thanks to, to to you for saying that. Ross uh, saved the day on that one. It was difficult when you only get a surname, of course, and you're trying to think who it is. Joshua Anderson, pal from Palace. Cheers, Spenny. Good question, though. And yeah, I do remember him being linked. Um, okay, I did have a couple of other questions, not player related, and um, one which certainly leads to a chronicle article, which we've seen. John asking, uh, "Have you heard any more on the ground redevelopment?" I'm going to uh, just stick this link in the chat so people can have a look at, it at, their, at their own convenience. But uh, Kieran Kelly's run a, um, a piece in the Chronicle today: Newcastle's transformational stadium wish backed by developer next door as club undergo review. Tell us more about that, Ross. Yeah, Kieran's done a, a couple of good pieces on uh, on the ground development. He, it's a, it's an area that he that he's really interested in, and and, and you know likes likes writing about it. And and it's obviously an area uh, a, a topic which is it always gets a, a response. It always provokes a, a bit of debate. I think it's outside of transfers. It's it's probably the, the the biggest talking point amongst the Newcastle fan base at the minute. Um, you know, we, and we've we've kind of discussed a, a lot of this, but Kevin's gone out and done a, a piece and spoken to um, 
spoken to a property developer who who owns a couple of uh, of the properties outside the, the back of, of the East Stand on, on that Lisa's Terrace and got his view on it. And and it's interesting. It just makes it an interesting, uh, a different angle on the on the story. And, and you know, is a is a property owner and developer what what he would think about about the East Stand being developed because that's obviously an area where Newcastle will will look at. Um, but we're no further forward really with with stadium redevelopments. It's it needs um, it needs in terms of in, I suppose in terms of increasing the the capacity or anything else like that. We're no further we're no further forward because it, it needs it's it's going to be a, a bit of a process. It will need um, it will need feasibility studies. It will need to be to be looked at with with planners and architects and, and everything else like that. But in terms of the rest of, of St James's, then you know Newcastle are you know looking at um, at the safe standing and the safe standing section at St James's and and again another piece from Kevin he's, he's done to the, today is that they've they've enlisted the help of um, of a company called Stadia by JL Events and another company called uh, KH Stadium Seating Solutions who've who've manufactured and and, um, and installed that that kind of real seating that. It, Various different Premier League grounds at Anfield and and and, and uh, I think at Wolves as well. So, um, so yeah, that that's an area of the of the ground which is obviously going to be trialled. I think it's you know it, it'll be able to fit in about about fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred supporters. You know, which will, which will be able to stand. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, and you know. Like I say, any time that we we do a piece on, in the Chronicle around the around St James's Park, whether it's the redevelopment, whether it's the expansion, whether it's you know what is needed there, it's it's such a it's such a burning issue for for fans because of the progress that the club's made, obviously, and and how many fans are now are clamouring for tickets and can't get in. Um, so it, I think it's one of those that's just going to roll and roll certainly for the next uh, next six to twelve months at least. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen photographs of the uh, the standing area yet. I, I know that there were some circulating, um, not quite what I expected. I've got to be honest. I was I was thinking it could be similar to Liverpool, but 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 of course as well, you know, it has to be done in a certain way, a specific way. So um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'll not be using it, but it'll be interesting to see what it what it actually looks like. Um, they might do safe standing Gallagher lower. Uh, and seating up a tier when construction starts, says Paul. Uh, a few other points that were that were coming in. Um, yeah, just referring back to what we used to, what we were talking about before. JB says I used to buy a Sunday paper at King's Cross at midnight before they stopped the overnight train home. I did that as well. Another thing which uh, I used to do. You should be able to get the Sunday Sun in King's Cross in London um, and, and read it on the way back. Although sometimes it was the Sunderland version. And uh, that used to be quite annoying for Newcastle fans because those of you who are completely unaware of what it used to be like, well, you, you would have a Newcastle version and a Sunderland version. And sometimes if you if you distribute there, maybe WH Smiths or JJ Gillespie's who used to distribute the paper, if they pick the wrong pile up, well, we'll betide you. Uh, your shop, if you got the Sunderland news, we weren't very happy. So mm-hmm. video Paul says, because we lived down south, my dad had a subscription to the Chronicle in the pink. It would be Tuesday before I could meet, read the match report. Paul, that's brilliant, mate. Absolutely uh, brilliant. Keep them coming in if you've got any stories uh, like that. David Knight says, hi, Steve. Hi, Ross. Any idea if Newcastle will release a kit with a Champions League badge on uh, or should I give up and just buy a standard one? I live in Crew, so too far for the club shop. Interesting question, David. Um, 
Uh, I don't know the exact answer, but what I would say is the way the Castore released tops, um, one would imagine the will, uh, because I, I think if I if I'm not mistaken, you might have to go to Adam's Adam Pearson's channel. Um, I do believe Adam did a video um, with regards to the top, and I think a lot of people had gone to get names etc on the back to be told that they haven't got the correct. It's different numbering, I think or different lettering for the Champions League games. So those people who've gone to get a Premier League top, Newcastle United's new home top, and have got the Champions League badge on it, then it's not really what you should have done. You, you need, if you want to, it, it's a bit strange. It's going to be different numbering, I think. The Champions League numbering or lettering is different. And what I, what I remember from Adam's report was, that they don't have it in at the club shop yet. So you, if you've if you've got the champ, Champions League badge on, then you've got a bit of a mismatch, <laughs> bit of a nightmare that Ross, I guess. But um, you know, it wouldn't bother me. But I, I can imagine it would bother lots of people. And you're going to see probably a few kids hauling their mum and their dad back to the shop to say, "Well, I want the proper <laughs> numbers on the proper shirt, etc." You know. Oh yeah, there's there. Uh, there's definitely going to be a, there's definitely going to be a few. We've, we've spoke about you know kids are uh, kids again are another another another. You know, hot topic amongst fans, aren't they? You know, you people are, uh, are obsessed in, in times and in the night that kids to be just so. And, and you know, anytime a new kid comes out, it's it's a it's a bone of contention. There's always debate around it. So yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine that continuing. But no, I'm the same as you. I don't know anything about. Um, I don't know anything concrete about the the Champions League badge version. No, 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 me neither. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Is the Sunday Sun still going? Says Dave. Yes, it is. You can still get it, can't you? Hard copy. You can, yeah, you can hard copy. Yeah, again, a, a, a paper that's close to my heart because I worked on it for for a few years, and I was out. Um, I was out last Saturday with a with a few of the the old Sunday Sun gang, uh, Neil Farrington and and Stevie Brown and, and Dylan Younger and a couple of Stu Jameson. All 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 worked on the on the Sunday Sun back in back in the day. So. When it was um when it was a, a, a different product slightly to, to what it is now but yeah good times working on the Sunday Sun it was uh, it was always busy that Saturday night trying to get the, the paper out nice and early and, and like you say Steve doing various different editions as well so um yeah a lot of fond memories of the Sunday Sun but you can still get it it's great for for obviously for for local football coverage as well you know the some of the grassroots stuff and, and the non-league stuff that goes in there is, uh, is excellent yeah, uh, John says, apparently one of the plans for the fan zone is to include a walkway to the Gallagher Upper Height. Interesting proposal. Would look very good, in my opinion. It could do a slide. Maybe it's John as well. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my dad sending me to the paper, a lad saying, make sure it's not the Sunderland pink. Yes, uh, we mm -hmm. did that those days. I loved the pink just after the game. I'd had so much sport in. Do they still sprint the, uh, print the pink? Uh, print the pink? No, they don't, Paul. Uh, that finished. And the last version of the pink... Anybody name the player in the chat who was on the front of it? I know who it was. So uh, get it. just just for fun, tell us who you think it was in the chat. Um, quickly as well, Evening Standard tonight reporting that Newcastle have had bids up to twenty one million rejected by Southampton uh, for uh, Livramento. Uh, Tino Livramento, Chronicle have uh, just re reposted that today at about ten past three. Ross. Yeah. Um, okay. Interestingly, we, we we put that post out, and and you know again. I, the amount of people that flooded onto the website <laughs> as soon as as soon as that went out, we we've had a piece as well. Um, I think Aaron Stokes had done a piece on the Cron earlier about Livermento and and the difficulties around that deal that that seemed to be um, cropping up. You know, I think Newcastle were probably looking to to get that deal done on not on the cheap, but certainly 
weren't expecting or, or weren't wanting to pay big money for for Livermore. He's, he's seen as a backup potentially to uh, to Kieran Trippier, um, but um, but it looks like Southampton are wanting you know close to kind of thirty million they're asking for, and that's that's a heck of a lot of lot of money for for a backup right back. So he is highly rated Livermore, but it just looks like that deals. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily going to be an easy one to do, and, and there is talk as well that, that Livermore doesn't really want to come to Newcastle and be a second choice to Kieran Trippier. And you can understand that, you know, if you're 20, 21 years old and you're you're a Premier League footballer, and, and I know he's coming back from an injury, but he's you know he's very very highly rated. Do you want to go somewhere where you 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 know you're going to be second fiddle to to um to Kieran Trippier? It's so it's a, it, it could be a difficult one to to pull off that one. So. Um, at the minute, it looks unlikely to happen. Yeah, no, definitely. I would say that um, as well. When when you hear that somebody doesn't want to come and play a second fiddle, well, that's the end of that, you know. But again, you know, from from our perspective, you just think, you know, we'll wait and see. Wait until they wait until they've got the flag above their uh, or the scarf above their heads. Uh, well done to Tom Lynch and BT Michael Owen versus uh, Michael Owen for Newcastle, of course, West Ham four two. And uh, oh yes, was the headline. Uh, as Newcastle beat West Ham away. But Michael Owen was the player, of course, on the very last uh, version of the pitch. And and, and interestingly, because if I remember right, um, I was working on the Sunday Sun on that day. And for those who don't know, that the Sunday Sun was on the floor in Thompson House. The Sunday Sun was on the top floor on the pink and the Chronicle was on the second floor, which was was below. And um, there was, I think the game got delayed, didn't it? There was a big, there was a delay or something on the game. And it was the last ever, ever obviously, um, copy of the pink, and and you know it had to be out so quick after a certain time, so it could hit all the distribute distributors. It could get out, so and there was there was a real panic on down, downstairs because the the game had been delayed, and um, it was a late finish, and that just almost screwed up all the all the production times, all the print times, and everything else like that. So it was a proper mad flap, and there is, I think. You know, Alan Oliver was filing his copy, I think, from from uh, Upton Park, and um, and it was yeah, it was a little bit harem scaring, but uh, yeah, that was that was the last uh, last ever copy of the thing, two thousand and five. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing uh, to think, um, you know, that you know it's been that long. Um, fine, there it is. Final evening chronicle. Football Pink was published on December the seventeenth. 2005 and uh, Tom says I used to love getting the pink on the way home from the match I used to get the bus home and by the time you get off the pink would be in the news agents we, we used to hang around we used to go and get chips and then we used to go to the monument and wait and the monument one used to be the first guy who had it usually around about quarter to six then we'd stand up there eat our chips read the pink and then have a slow walk down to the bridge uh, hotel which was uh, the, the one bar in Newcastle that had a pool table um, and we would get there um, and on a Saturday, uh, the bars didn't open until seven o'clock. So we'd have an amble down, um, we'd have a walk down there, we'll get there about quarter to seven, we'll be reading the pink, we'd have finished our chips by then, and then wait till seven o'clock. And then it was a, a, a charge through the door to get your uh, 20 pence or your 50 pence on the table to, 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 to get your place on the pool table. But uh, God, how things have changed. Like it's been like all our yesteryears tonight on this show. Um, it was always interesting on away games as well, says Tom. Um, to read their pink equivalents on the train home. Of course, the Sunderland Echo had a, had its own version as well, Ross. Yeah, the Sunderland Echo had, had is and that's that's kept going a little bit uh, a little bit longer than um than than the the Newcastle one. But again, just you know, 
again, I was by this time I was working for the Sunland Echo and, and kept it going as a bit of a digital version, which would still come out bang on, uh, you know, or pretty much mm. soon after the um, after the full time whistle. But it was a it was a digital version. Um, yeah, you know, we had them all over the country. There was, there was, you know, the, I think the last one to go was the Portsmouth News, which um, which went and then we brought it back. Or, or the Portsmouth News, I was working for the company that, that owned the Portsmouth News at the time, and they tried to bring it back, and it, it came back with a with a little bit of success, and then eventually just you know fell away again. But fantastic products, you know, really really um, exciting to work on these papers as well. As a journalist, when you you're filing copy up against deadline, you know, I, I, I've been. A, I've been at Gateshead Games trying to file copy from Gateshead Games and from non-league games and from you know working in in, in at St James's as well trying to get the your stuff over into the pink or the Sunday Sun to, to hit these really really tight deadlines. Really exciting as a as a journalist and it's great when you when you read the comments and um and hear some of the memories and the feedback from from people as to how much they, they used to enjoy it because it was it was great times and, and you know stressful but uh, but great to work on. No, 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 definitely. And I think the bonus as well for us, Ross, because we used to manage non-league teams, of course, was was the coverage in, in, of the non-league game in, in the pink. It was some fantastic, some fantastic, you know, um, you know, coverage of league tables, etc. So that was a, it. Was a go-to for us lads as well on a Saturday and a Sunday. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was, um, you know, you, you would get your, your you know, your, your, again, obviously, kind of pre the, the the explosion of the internet and, and social media and everything else like that. But it was the only place that you could really get these league tables or or in-depth um you know reports. But you know the non-league guys used to do, you know, Bob Morland and Jeff Bowen and, and people like that and used to do a really good job on 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 pulling that together as well and, and providing a service. And similarly with the Sunday Sun, you know, used to get all the all the games in straight after the after the match and, and league tables and everything else like that. So great. Uh, both both papers were, were at the time were, were great champions of of grassroots uh, grassroots sport as well as the professional game. Yeah, Michael Clark uh, says I used to go into the Simpson Hotel in Walls End six o'clock uh, for the pink. And Tom, I've definitely got a copy tucked away. Uh, I've also got the, the very last copy of the News of the World, I think, somewhere. Like, well, I, why on earth I keep these things? Being West Ham, beating West Ham away wouldn't be special next season. That's how far we've already come, says John. Bring the pink back, says Dave. Sadly, yeah, printed, printed stuff isn't what it was now. People are more used to having the news at the end of their finger. Uh, anyone remember when Beardsley played in goal against West Ham and made such a good save? Even the ref applauded. Yeah, amazing that. Can you name the other two goalkeepers, though, Gary? Uh, there was three goalkeepers in that game. Stick that in the chat if you know. I bet you Tom will know. I used the pink and the Gallagher bugs, but I miss it, says Benny. <laughs> Needs most, says Roger. Uh, we used to have the supporter club meeting at the bridge, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. The Newcastle United supporters club based on uh, uh, Percy Place, I think it was. Uh, Sadie and uh, her husband used to run the little shop. Uh, and that was fantastic. We spent many days in there. Peter makes a point that he didn't let eight in. He does, John. Um, yeah. Uh, lots of funny comments coming in tonight. How are you? you must have done the quiz in the pink. Uh, no, I didn't. Definitely didn't. Did you, Ross? No, no, man. I don't think I did. Don't think I did. Yeah, great for non-league, Steve. That's right. Dave says, remember Roy Aitken signing the pink for me? I've still got it. Yeah, God, feed the bear. Uh, Sunday Sun local cricket coverage was brilliant. Looked, uh, looked for, uh, looked, loved looking for my name in the coverage, says Stephen. Brilliant. And when I have a Sunday session in the club, it's always good to read the Sunday Sun with local team news. Yeah, the football, our product place, Dave, but that's right. Thank you, mate. Uh, Roger says, um, 
yeah, he likes to read it and he's local. Um, the Sunday team news, what I was going to say, is it all moved to that. The non-league moved to that, didn't it? And it's good non-league coverage on the Sunday Sun, Ross, actually, these days. Yeah, it is. It is. The, the guys do a, a good job. Mark Carruthers is a, is a good... Um, Top lad, uh, Mark. Yeah, yeah. He's very good at, and, and so dedicated and, and passionate about his, uh, his non-league football, as we all are. But the Sunday Sun is a, is a real good home for that. I was literally just reading some of his, uh, his, his pieces in the Sunday Sun. Um, before I came on, actually, some of the the, the, the nice piece with with Paul Grayson, uh, ex Newcastle player who's now taken over as, as manager there at Newcastle Benfield, and he did a piece with um, with Paul Robinson at Newcastle Blue Star about about Sean Longstaff and Jacob Murphy coming and uh, in training with them this uh, last week. So yeah, some really great uh, great non league coverage in the in the Sunday Sun still. Tom, you're right. Uh, was Martin Thomas? Uh, Peter Beardsley and his uh, talkings tells you that Martin wasn't uh, didn't fancy it after letting in a few goals. Um, anybody remember the keeper that went in after that? Uh, there was a keeper before Peter Beardsley. Uh, you have to do a show on all the old stuff. We do those were the days with George Mitchell, and they will be coming back. Those shows. Um, we've uh, obviously had George uh, wasn't well. Then George went away. So it's just been a case of trying to get a, a get together with uh, George and get it done. But the stuff that we've been talking about tonight, and you've got to remember, we're now coming into the 80s with George. Now, that's my era as well. So I think those shows will be interesting, I think, for people because I'll be able to chuck in some stuff. I'll be chucking in a few memories. We might get Mitch on as well. I did suggest Mitch coming on with his dad, which would be fantastic. So um, watch this space. Uh, we're, we're going into the golden age of Keegan as a player very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Those were the days. And watch them all back. We started in 1950 which was George's first season. So get yourself on. There's some fa fantastic shows, fantastic memories. Moza Sal, that was a that was a great trip down memory lane tonight. Fab show again, Stephen Ross. Hope everyone hits the likes and subscribe for these amazing shows. Will you be doing another News of the World, Steve? I doubt it, Stephen. Um, I've got to be honest, I'm focused more on the football um, and less on anything else, mate. There's, you know, there'll be the odd one, you know, odd podcast about different things, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it strictly football on this channel as I have done for the last year. Uh, so I, I don't think the news of the world stuff will be making a comeback anytime soon. And well done, Mark. You didn't spell it right, but that that was that's as good enough for me. It was Chris Hedworth who went in goal before Peter Beardsley. And I think he broke a finger. Um, I think Peter says he broke something else, but I think it might have been a finger. Might have been his shoulder. I can't remember which, but he definitely broke some bone. And that's why he was out. And then Peter went in and that was well. Mate as well, Steve. Yeah, David will. Yes, Big Billy. Hope you're well, mate. Thank you very much. Wasn't Paul Stevenson. Chris Hedworth, Paul Shanks. You got it right there. I used to go to the Bridge Hotel for a photo to go to away games. Says Michael. David says, I found a championship winner's plaque for 84-85. If you want a photo for the show, David, send it to us on uh, Facebook. I know you, you've sent that over. Moza, I haven't seen the maxi cryptic messages. Work in silence. They'll know soon. So we'll we'll have a look for that. And Jordi Tumbelay says, Anderson will fit in nicely. He broke a centre forward's nose with a punch last season and didn't get booked. Um, and Mark Choke, um, we'll finish on this, Mark. Do you think another striker should be looked at with Wilson on last year of his deal? No sign of signing an extension. So, yeah, he's, he's only, he is in his last year of his deal, Ross. Um, we've got Isaac, who we know is, go is, is already you know, settled into the Premier League. He's going to have a free season now and, and start flying. Um, would you sign another forward, mate, in this window? Um, 
I think it, it, it's a difficult question, actually, because it, in an ideal world, you probably would. You know, you, you, you'd probably sign another forward and another midfielder and another winger and another left-back and another centre-half and another right-back. You've got to be... I think the, the club's got to be realistic as to and look at where the, where the priorities are. And I don't think... Um, I don't think a number, a number nine when you've got Callum Wilson and Alexander Isak, and you're only really playing one up there. Um, Anthony Gordon can maybe do a job through there. Joe Linton can do a job through there. Don't know if it's if it's the priority right now, um, but I'm a little bit old fashioned and I love my strikers. I love my centre forwards. I, I'd you know I'd have I'd have five or six in my squad if I if I could. Um, top quality strikers. I think I think. Make make so much of a difference, you know. You, you can turn a a nil nil draw into a, into a one nil. When you look at players like I know he's I know he's an exceptional player, but you look at the impact that somebody like Harry Kane has at Spurs, where you know he can carry a, a, a poor team, or he can make a, a an average you know an average performance all of a sudden turn into a win just by that little bit of little bit of magic. So I love my centre forwards and, and my strikers, and I'd have I'd have certainly more in the squad, but I'm just not sure if Newcastle see it as a is is the key uh, area for this this transfer window certainly. Fantastic show, mate! It has been like a trip down memory lane. Uh, just tell people where they can find like your work and and where people can find you, Ross. Yeah, I'm on. You can find us on 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 Twitter for for the time being until Mister Musk pulls the plug on all on all that. Um, or you can uh, you can catch us. You know, like I say, we we be doing loads of stuff on the on the on the chronicle. We're gonna. Be running a series on the on the Chronicle and Cross Reach PLC as well, but we're going to for, for the for, for Newcastle purposes on on some of the um, the young talent that's coming through the the, the ranks um, at St James's and who the who the kind of the next generation of, of players are. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll be putting out all the survey results and everything else out that we've uh, that we've done recently as well for for people to take a look at. Great stuff. See you next week, Ross. Been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, take care. See you then. Cheers, Steve. Thanks, everyone.